It's one of the most beautiful views of any campus in America, the Pacific Ocean crashing against the shores of UC Santa Barbara every morning, noon, and night. There's the one strike pitching. Mitchell belts the deep left. Cabrera is gonna watch it fly. He strikes out the side for the second consecutive inning. And Armani belts it to deep center. Gauchos are going to Omaha, can you believe it? There's the 0-2 pitch, and a curveball is swung on him. And the score is due. Here comes Mitchell, he's gonna score. And the Gauchos are the 2019 champions of the Big West. Welcome to the Gaucho 9 Podcast, week six review. Gauchos sweep UC Davis and move to six and two in the Big West. Today's episode brought to you by our friends at Kyle's Kitchen. Great meals this weekend by Kyle's Kitchen. I switched over to the lettuce wrap, so grilled chicken lettuce wrap. It's like a protein style burger, but with um, but with lettuce. <laughs> instead of a uh, instead of a bun, uh, and it hits the spot. So I had my lettuce wraps for the weekend. Kyle's Kitchen, check out the new crispy chicken sandwich. Did you guys go crispy chicken sandwich this week, David and Spencer? Yes. Went to go when, crispy uh, chicken sandwich and never go back, Kevin. Spencer, you mentioned it on the on the broadcast. Yeah, you, you it was it hit you good, exceptional. <laughs> it hit it hit exceptionally well on. Yeah, the, absolutely. It was. Monday. Double header days are long, and and when you get the Kyle's kitchen in between, it it hits different. And uh, yeah, this weekend was no different. That was it was a nice meal to have in between, and got me ready to go for uh, a Roddy Boone showdown game three. Yes, Kyle's kitchen, great sponsors and supporters of UCSB athletics. This episode also brought to you by a guy with a truck junk removal, licensed and insured, serving Santa Barbara and Ventura counties. Call Chase who is the guy with a truck at 805-689-1413. He's even got a big black dog that comes and helps him out. So uh, hit up a guy with a truck on Instagram and Facebook. They can get it done for you. Okay. Gauchos moved to 6-2 and two in the Big West. They sweep UC Davis. It wasn't necessarily easy, I would say. Gauchos had to come from behind late on Friday. And then they had to come from behind again in game four. And mixed in there was a seven-inning mercy rule and a nice seven-to-three win. So Gauchos at 15-7 and seven overall, 6-2 and two in the Big West. They are two games behind UC Irvine, who currently sits in first place at 8-0. and oh. And Gauchos have a big week coming up with the series in Hawaii. The Rainbow Warriors were swept on the road by UC Irvine. Uh, the Gauchos have uh, to face Aaron Davenport on Friday. We will get to him later. He's a, a legit arm, but let's get to uh, the Big West standings first. The rest of the field, so Irvine 8-0, Gauchos 6-2. Fullerton, surprising. Fullerton, after that poor start in non-conference, they're 5-2. In Big West play, they took three of four from UC Riverside. Cal State Bakersfield, who had to cancel their series this weekend with Stanford and possibly, I believe, cancel their season, their series next weekend with Fullerton. They're at three and one. UC San Diego took three of four from Cal Poly. They're three and one. Then it's the Mustangs at four and four. 
Northridge, Long Beach, and Hawaii, all three and five. UC Riverside, two and six, and Davis at 0 and 8. So those are the Big West standings as of week two in conference play. As of March, what day is today? March 29th, 2021. Well, it's a positive series for the Gauchos. Bouncing back, there were there were some good things. Gauchos have been kind of banged up on really on, on both sides of the baseball and getting out of this weekend with four wins was huge as far as their standing moving forward and they were able to give a couple of their arms some respite moving forward to the Hawaii series. So let's get to our awards of the week, starting with player of the week. Last weekend we we took Brock Mortensen off the list because he won Big Westfield Player of the Week. So we'll take Rodney Boone off the list because he won Big West Pitcher of the Week with his complete game shutout in game three. What were his what was his line in that game? He went seven innings, allowed just two hits. Spencer, can you hit, finish it? I think it was uh two hits, no runs. He faced one more than the minimum, which I thought was the best part about it because when guys were getting on, they were getting out on the bases, whether it was a rollover double play or a sweet back pick from Gianni. Um, it was uh, it was quiet for UC Davis's offense that game. Uh, I'm trying to see how many strikeouts he had. I don't. Six. Was it six? I don't remember it being all that much. I think uh, normally he's kind of he throws about a strikeout plus per inning. Like sometimes we'll sprinkle in two, but uh, for the most part, he's he was pitching to contact. And the thing that was awesome about Rodney um, was the efficiency because that first inning, first inning, I believe he faced four batters in seven pitches. Um, and the third out was made on a back pick. Correct me if I'm wrong, but it just seemed like the at-bats that they were having were short and Rodney was getting quick outs um, and kept the defense active, which was also a huge part to, uh, to kind of the defensive success we saw that game too. Yeah, so in the first, he gave up a single. Johnny backpicked at first, faced the minimum in that inning. Next inning, gave up a single. That runner was caught stealing at second, thrown out by Johnny Bloom. And then there was a leadoff walk in the fourth, and he was stranded at first. And every other inning, Rodney only faced three batters. So he faced one over the minimum in seven innings, got the win, and that was his second Big West Pitcher of the Week award for the year. So congratulations to Rodney Boone and I thought that was a big moment uh, in the weekend because Gauchos were good offensively in that game and Rodney went the distance which saved the bullpen for the game on Sunday and even with 40 games of Big West Conference play we know that every single game is going to be important especially when the Gauchos are chasing wins uh, early on behind UC Irvine and Davis was reeling and they had him on the ropes, but they gave him a good contest on Sunday. And it was important for the Gauchos to get that win. So let's go uh, with our players of the week, other than Rod, starting with David. I get Spencer's turn this week to go first. You, gave me right, first you, gonna, you can pass it on to Spencer if you want. I think it is my turn. I'm okay, go for it, Spencer. Uh, which right is right. Uh, which right is right. Go to David. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to be taking any picks from you guys. Um so that's, I think it'll be all right. But uh, mm. I'm going to go with Mr. Corey Lewis. Um, you know, he, he was, uh, 
he was very efficient, just as Rodney was. I thought it was just a great pitching day overall, that doubleheader. Um, Corey went seven innings, which was awesome to see him go extended innings. Um, he struck out five. He gave up one run, which was earned in the first inning. Um, and I thought that the way that uh, that we answered back after giving up that one was kind of the, the best part about it because it allowed him to settle into the game um, after giving up um, giving up that first run of the ball game. Uh, I thought he was great. It was five strikeouts, but uh, he was mixing his pitches really well, and he was uh, he was baffling hitters up there. It was it was fun to see the knuckleball dancing from behind home plate again, um, rather than from up above at Fullerton that I saw last weekend. Um, so it was it was fun watching. We were talking pitches the entire time, Kevin, and and uh, you were asking me which pitch was which, and it was fun to just talk about how Corey was mixing because it seemed like. Every other pitch, it was something different, and hitters were not on balance against him at all. Um, so it was a lot of really soft contact, a lot of great plays defensively, um, and it was nice to to have Corey go seven. Um, I thought he looked really good in those seven innings that he threw game one on Saturday. Okay. David? Well, I'm going to have to go with uh, Zach Rodriguez, who – Obviously, uh, Sunday had a huge day for us and really helped solidify that win um, coming from behind late. Um, but on the weekend, he ended up hitting 467, slugging 867, and reaching on base uh, at a 500 clip as well. So um, great weekend for him. One more hit by pitch. I think he's up to nine now in the season. Uh, and he also extended his hitting streak, which I mentioned last week, is now at 11 games after Sunday. So uh Zach continuing to tear it up. I think he was also listed as a D1 baseball Sunday top performer. So um, definitely a great week for Zach and hopefully continuing that success into next weekend in Hawaii. Well, yeah, when you get three hits, including two opposite field home runs, you're going to get some recognition. And the second one was big. It was after Davis took the lead 4-3 in the bottom of the eighth inning leading off the inning and just like that boom tie game gouches are back in it and then they get a hit by pitch and rally and tie the or and take the lead on a sacrifice fly so solid pick another easy one he was top at the list <laughs> in the statistical categories for the weekend i'm gonna go with jordan sprinkle as my player of the week he hit 429 he had that triple, which turned into a Little League inside the park home run as uh, the relay was errant, and he read it pretty well. He may have maybe hesitated a little bit coming down third, but the relay kicked around by the home on-deck circle, and the catcher vacated, and there was that race to the plate with both of them sliding head first, and Jordan getting the hand in just in time. Uh, he also added a double. He stole a base, uh, and he played a solid shortstop for the weekend. So Jordan Sprinkle is my player of the week. Okay, let's go over some moments. They were, I mean, if you win four games, there's going to be some good moments. So let's go with uh, Spencer first. Um, that's a good question. I mean, it, the, the moment that stands out the most was uh, just, I think, one of the, one of the bigger at-bats um, that I've seen, and that was out of Zach Rodriguez stepping up and hitting the second home run of the day. Um, 
so people could say that, oh yeah, there it was win aided, but when you hit two, two opposite field home runs, um, and you're putting the ball, I correct me if I'm wrong. Tell you, I think it was like 380 plus. He's going to dig into his metrics now and see. I'm jumping the gun on the hitting metrics, but I've got sorry I've got those ready for later. I'm looking. <laughs> but Zach Zach's home run, um, it it was a huge answer because ultimately I think the Gaucho offense knows um, if you answer back after giving up a couple of runs, it it depletes the other team's energy and their momentum a significant amount. Um, so Zach going that home run, you know, he, he went into his home run trot and uh, by the time he touched home and turned to the dugout, it was just chaos. And it was like, it was like the energy of Caesar on a full day where there's a bunch of people watching the game was, was back because um, that home run was that loud. And uh, it really turned the tables and, and showed that, you know, there was, there was more fight late in the series and uh, a big, part of that game four win to get the series sweep. You know, college baseball is full of momentum uh, and momentum swings and I, college sports, I think in general, just because the kids are young, they're, they're playing at a high level. It's, you know, they're not as used to playing at this high of a level. Uh, and then it, there's so much emotion involved with, you know, just because you know players from high school or travel ball or maybe you transferred or you know them from JC or wherever, there's a lot of emotion and momentum swings in college baseball. And I don't think I'd noticed it as much in prior years as this year. And I think it has something to do with lack of fans just because the the fans add that extra element where there's either you can sense the tension or you can sense the the visiting parents or fans that are there getting energized over something or there's just i don't know there's something else where when there's fans involved but when there's no fans involved and like the home team gets a big hit i mean all you can hear is the roar from the dugout and you can hear everything that the the home side is saying I don't, I don't know. There's, there's just something about it. Like it, the, the momentum swings I think have been like visibly noticeable and noticeable in the box score and in the, the type, you know, the, the layout or the, uh, the outcome of each inning where, where you can sense the momentum shift. And that was a, one of Odom, the examples, was the Rodriguez home run because Davis fights back. They get the big hit from Brandell, which chased Callahan, and then they take the lead in the eighth inning, and within three pitches of the bottom of the eighth starting, the game's tied. And obviously that's what a home run can do for you. That's one of the values of it. It's an instant run. But there were other moments in the series, I think maybe – the biggest momentum things that we've seen and talked about is going from game one of the doubleheader to game two of the doubleheader where we've played some close games where games have been won in the last two or three at bats or in the last at bat. And it's the lead has changed. It's gone back and forth. There's been comebacks and usually the winner of that first game has all the momentum going into game two and it's shown and it did show again this weekend so, I don't know where I'm going with this. 
I think I'm reiterating the that that was a crucial moment because it was a huge momentum swing because Davis had all the momentum. And you could maybe feel that the Gauchos were worrying about, here we go again, we lost a lead late, but the offense picked him up. So good call on that Zach Rodriguez homer. Uh, David, what do you got? Yeah, a couple more uh, moments for me. The the big one, kind of going off your emotion uh, tangent there, is uh, Harvey's last pitch of the weekend. Okay. Um, I'm kind of shocked Spencer didn't steal this one from me. It's just funny because I leaned over to you guys a few pitches before and gave you the five, you know, because I had Trackman had said 95 and mm. Spencer on the call had said, no, 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 it's a 94 on the stalker. <laughs> uh, and Harvey proceeded to apparently have been eavesdropping uh, or could hear us because there were no fans maybe talking. I don't know. I don't know what happened there, but he ended the game hitting hitting a, a 96. I'm going to steal Spencer's uh, pitch metric there um, and showing a ton of emotion. I just love, love when Harvey gets a big moment play there and shows the emotion because he's so soft-spoken and so quiet all the time. Uh, so that was a cool one for me. And then uh, Cole Cummings last at bat too. Spencer, you told me you were going to take this one. I'm surprised you, you didn't take this one either. Uh, there were a lot of good to- things, Tilly. Come on. To extend his 22-game on-base percentage here on Sunday, he had barreled three balls in his first three at-bats and was 0 for Corked 3. Him. Yeah. And then he ends up taking that 10-pitch at-bat, uh, four foul balls, I think, Spencer, you told me, yeah. uh, and ends up working a walk to extend the on-base percentage. So baseball is just such a funny, cruel game sometimes where you know you can barrel balls up, which Cole did a few times this weekend. Uh, but then sometimes you just got to grind out your your on-base percentage there and keeping that streak alive. So uh, those are a couple of the moments for me. Um, one other guy, too, just Willow coming in and making four double plays this weekend. Just unbelievable stuff. Um, getting to see him out there and kind of back to his roots. That was kind of cool to see, too. Dang, you stole stole my thunder there. Yeah. Uh, I forgot I you were last. Go. I forgot you were last. That's on me. Go. That one's on me. <laughs> I was going to... I was going to put that in as like a welcome back player of the week, like welcome Jason <laughs> Willow back to the infield. Because, yeah, first time he goes out there uh, coming in when, when Marcos went down and a ball's hit right to him, starts a 4-6-3 double play, and the ball got hit to him a lot, and he answered the call each time. And, I think yeah, turned four double plays. So Jason Willow's my uh, welcome back player of the week. Um, I've got a moment. Steele Ledford's double with two strikes in the eighth inning on Friday, which which tied the game. Gauchos were down 5-4. At that time, Davis had scored three in the top of the eighth to take the lead, and they were all unearned runs. And all the momentum was in Davis's dugout, and Ledford laces one down the left field line, ties the game. Gauchos get the walk-off hit by Marcos on on a Friday to win game one. A couple of honorable mentions that I had written down. Uh, JD, solid five-plus innings on Sunday. I think that was crucial to get five and get JD a little confidence and uh, help save the bullpen uh, in that game because it was it was a close game. It was a low-scoring game, and, and pitching mattered, and he was going pitch for pitch with uh, the Davis starter, Irwin. Mm-hmm. So uh, that was that was crucial, and then uh, Cole Cummings going dead central. That was a absolute nuke. 
So we'll get some metrics on that later. Um, any sleepers from you guys? I was going to say, uh, Jason Willow was my sleeper. Just, I mean, you said he was a welcome back player. Yeah. Um, but I thought, uh, I thought, I believe it was the first run scored on Sunday, but Willow, um, the umpire thought he got backpicked, uh, and he immediately went to the, went oh. to the headset call. Okay. It was called safe. And then, uh, I believe he stole two bases. Again, I'm going completely off memory here. I'm just trying to think of what I was seeing um, throughout the game, and slid in, did the did the swim move, yeah, hand out, kept it on, even though his momentum was taking him past the base. Same deal again. Um, it was he was called safe, and Davis went to challenge, and so Jason Willis base running was my sleeper pick of the week. Um, it's good to see him flying around the bases, and we had a lot of. A lot of speed. I mean, like you said, sprinkle. You know, extending that triple into a home run, um, and even um, even but, the ones that went kind of overlooked or that you don't see in the scorebook, like um, going second to third on a fly ball to left center. Yep. And then and then scoring on a sack fly. I can't, I can't remember which that had to have been. I think that was game one of Saturday, I believe. There was a first to second as well, and it's yeah. right. That was Bryce in the eighth, I believe, yeah. on Sunday, yeah. right? Deep fly, deep fly ball to right or left center, and he tagged that. He goes to third, and got himself in the scoring position. Well, there's one, of, there was one of those mixed in there this this weekend for sure. Yeah. That was crucial. Lots of great base running from the Gauchos as always. Yeah, but I just I was pointing out that I mean Willow when he got two challenges going his way, mm -hmm. um, which I thought was awesome because. Um, if you again, like you said, Kevin, the momentum is huge. And when there's close plays and it goes to a video challenge, which some places have it, some places don't. And when you do have it, obviously you're going to utilize it. And um, every challenge that we saw uh, went in the Gaucho's favor, uh, which yeah. was which was huge. Another big momentum type situation because everyone's sitting there waiting and they know that obviously the, the challenge is on because it's an important whatever, you know, important play, an important base runner. Um, so that was, that stuck out to me. I had that written down as my smart pick of the week. Gouchers, <laughs> were, gouchers were three for three in replay reviews. Nice. <laughs> nice. Uh, let's see. I, I want to shout out to Ben Brook, who appeared twice again and, and was solid. And Michael Marsh. Michael Marsh got a couple starts. He got two doubles and five RBIs. And he had the sack fly, which scored the game-winning run on Sunday. So, Marcy, he hasn't had too many at-bats this year, and he's made the most of them. I think uh, when he came into Sunday's game, he had four hits, and two of them were doubles, and one of them was a triple. So, he's been getting it done when he's getting the opportunities. So, look forward to Marsh getting some more ABs, uh, I think, down the line. Uh, any other things that I have written down? Let's get to some metrics. Let's let's go to the uh, the Cummings bomb because it's it's difficult to go to center field at Caesar Wasaka Stadium and and that one was well into the trees so what do we got Dave yeah one of the uh 18 balls that were over 100 miles an hour negative below this weekend but uh Cole Cummings home run 
103 mile exit velocity, 29.7 degree launch angle, and a 437 degree, or 437 feet, I should say, for the distance there on that one. So uh, I went out to check on the camera in center field after that home run because whenever a ball gets hit out there, the center fielder runs into the wall or whatever and jars the camera. So I went out there to find it and the tree had knocked it down. It was right behind the wall. Uh, but it definitely was up in the trees when it cleared the wall for sure. Um, and then Zach Rodriguez's home runs kind of funny, uh, basically the same location. It's, it seemed like it don't, you know, have the exact coordinates of like where it landed, but, uh, the first one was a hundred mile an hour exit at 23.7 degree launch angle. And the second one was 102 degree exit at a 23.4 degree launch angle. And so math would say the second one went further because it was about the same launch angle and two degrees harder and it went about 10 feet further, but they, they landed in about the same spot at, uh, 390 and 399 feet. So they landed uh, at the oak tree in, in right center. That's what, <laughs> that's what I, that's the metric for. Yeah. So yeah, they, were, they were like, uh, the same, they were like the same home run. Yeah. This, <laughs> that's his power alley. I think he's hit a few triples oh. and some doubles out there into right center. So Correct me if I'm wrong. I think his first home run was at uh, Pepperdine was off the right or over right center as well. All, so. all three of his homers have been oppo tacos. <laughs> uh, play him to pull. I love it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, top exit velo on the weekend, though. Uh, three guys at 105. Uh, Jordan Sprinkle top, top on the board at 105.6 with a single. Uh, Zach Rodriguez with a 105.3 degree single. And then Cole Cummings with a 105.2 uh, double all those exit belows not degrees uh but um yeah crazy crazy pop from the guys this weekend uh 32 hard hit balls over 95 plus so uh, lots of barrels continuing to show up for the gauchos as hopefully we can take those on the plane with us down to hawaii barrels <laughs> okay spencer let's let's hear some pitching some some nasty pitches yeah some nasty pitches um let's go with well, Carter Benbrook, I, I got two of them for you. His fastball, so he mixes pitches pretty well. He, he didn't throw his fastball. I'm going to say he threw it about yeah, 20% of the time. Uh, when it was there, it was surprising, guys. Um, he had 62.5% of his um, fastballs called strikes, um, meaning, you know, it He's mixing so well. He's throwing the curveball, getting whiffs with the changeup, the sliders hard and diving. And then um, next thing you know, a fastball's right by you. Um, so that was in uh, that was in game three, or excuse me, game four. Um, Carter's fastball looked great. And then that set up uh, Mr. Ryan Harvey to hit a 95.8. And uh, we know that, I mean, I know that Ryan is, been working incredibly hard um to gain the velocity last year he was sitting his average would be about 86 and he'd top out at like 88 89 um and he's worked really hard to gain some some healthy weight some good extra miles per hour on his fastball and um i in that about against jalen smith at the end um i could have i could have called it on the broadcast that challenge fastballs were coming because I'm sure there was nothing Harvey wanted to do more than blow it by him. Um, and uh, 
each time it was just right by Smith. And then to end the game on a 95.8 mile an hour fastball right by you, just just icing on the cake for Ryan Harvey, um, a real nice save opportunity and save for him. Um, and then uh, last but not least, I'm going to go with uh, Michael McGreevy's slider, um, a 41% called strike with percentage. Um, a lot of them called, mostly called strikes on the slider. So um, he's, we know he's got great command. Um, he can put his, his two seam and bury it into righties, um, get lefties to swing through it. Um, but uh, that slider that he's got, he relies on heavily and he's able to locate it really well. And I thought that played a big part into uh, the success that he had on Friday night. Okay, I have a, a few more things to add. Shout out to the catchers. They didn't get a hit this weekend, but they are calling great games because the starters were brilliant this weekend. It was McGreevy on Friday, then Lewis and Boone go seven innings on Saturday, and then Callahan pitches into the sixth inning on Sunday. And Davis came in to the weekend, and I've got it here. They came into the weekend leading the Big West in stolen bases, and they were 0 for 3 in stolen base attempts this weekend with Johnny Bloom and Mason Eng throwing out three base runners, trying to steal, and a tip of the cap to the pitching staff for holding the runners uh, exceptionally well. Um, and I also want to add some of the uh, overall statistics in the conference. So these are uh, overall with the other 10 schools um, based on all the games played so far. The Gauchas have the highest slugging percentage in the conference at 456. They have the most runs scored at 157, the most hits, 216, the most RBIs, 145. They lead the conference in homers with 21, in doubles with 45, with at-bats, total plate appearances, total bases. They are getting it done offensively. And they uh, also lead the conference now in stolen bases. Um, and a cool thing to note also, Gauchas have only grounded into five double plays, which is uh, the least amount in the conference. So Gauchas are getting it done offensively. Um, on the pitching side, they lead the conference in strikeouts. They lead the conference in backwards case. So most strikeouts looking. Um, most saves as well. And they are third in the conference in ERA. So, Gauchas have been getting it done and improving on the pitching side of things. So, I mean, when you're 15-7, usually the statistics are going to show in your favor, but that's how they stand up um, against the rest of the conference in some of those primary statistical categories. Um, okay, Hawaii this weekend. Gauchos travel to Honolulu on Thursday game on Friday and they will be facing uh, a legitimate ace in Aaron Davenport. Can you guys give us a little bit on Aaron Davenport? Looking forward to Friday's game. Davenport, he's got a he's got 12 innings pitched. Opponents only hitting 200 against him. Um 
he's got well i should say he's got a 197 era overall starting five games in 32 total innings pitch i was looking at conference stats so excuse me but he's got 43 strikeouts in 32 innings um and that's that that's not a lie what do you think and only and only four walks jeez over a 10 to 1 strikeout to walk ratio yeah so like you said legit arm um not not hitting all that well against him so it, it'll be a tough test and it's not it's a pitcher's ballpark that we're going to um so we're you know we're gonna have to uh to keep the ball hard on the ground ball doesn't fly very well there um so it'll, it'll be a little switch up for us in a different kind of climate but uh we like the challenge bring it david anything to add yeah, I mean, they're coming off, obviously, a tough weekend against Irvine, especially with that Sunday game and the way that one turned out for him, taking the lead late and then ending up not even getting to play nine just because of how things go and the craziness of college baseball. Uh, and so, uh, I mean, they're going to be hungry looking for wins as they return back home. Um, and I've never been, but I've heard it's a difficult place to play. So um, just looking forward to, to getting down there and, and seeing if we can continue our hot streak on the offensive end. and see the pitchers uh, hopefully stay sharp like they were last weekend. Well, it's certainly a, a fun trip. Traditionally there's the, uh, Waikiki has a lot of distractions and that ballpark is big as far as how many people it seats, but there are going to be two things that are working in the Gaucho's favor. Uh, most likely the team won't be able to go out and do some of the leisure things that, they would be able to do on their free time in the past. And there won't be, as far as I know, there won't be any fans in the stands at Lesmir Kami Stadium. So I think two of the biggest factors that play a role in Hawaii being a difficult place to play are potentially working in the Gouges' favor uh, this weekend. But Lesmir Kami Stadium, it's a small yard. It's only like 380 to center field, I believe. It's got a ton of foul territory but the ball does not carry. Um, granted, on Friday we're playing during the day, so it's a 3 o'clock start on Friday. Traditionally, it's a 6.35 start on on Friday night and on Saturday night, so you play a lot uh, of night games when we've been there in the past. Uh, so playing day games, not sure if that's going to change things up. There are on the drier side of the island, so you don't get as much rain, but you do get wind coming through the Manoa Valley, and it kind of swirls around the stadium. It's it's kind of a weird place. But there have been some, some big moments that I remember in games there in the past, most notably Austin Bush breaking the single-season home run record and the, the extra inning win in 2019 on Sunday with Cole Mueller's pinch hit two-run single in the ninth inning, which tied the game, and then the Gauchos ultimately came around to win. So it's been a place where the Gauchos have had success, but it's also a place that's tough to play in. So it'll be certainly a test for the 6-2 and two Gauchos going to Hawaii, who are 3-5. and five. So 3 o'clock Hawaii, Tim, on Friday. It's a noon Hawaii start on Saturday, and then a 1 o'clock Hawaii start on Sunday for the four-game series, obviously a doubleheader on Saturday. All those games will be on UCSBGauchos.com and Big West TV. They do do a fine job uh, with their broadcasts in 
Honolulu uh, Spectrum Sports. They do a great job. So we'd, it'd be great if you could tune in to me and Spencer, and maybe we'll have David in there mixed in for the first time. But uh, you can watch and listen to the games uh, as you do normally here at Caesar Wasaka Stadium. So all three of us will be there. First time for David and Spencer. It's it's fun trip. It's a cool ballpark. And hopefully we'll have four good baseball games. So that'll do it for the pod. David and Spencer, thank you so much. And we thank our great sponsors, Kyle's Kitchen and a guy with a truck junk removal. We look forward to the games on starting on Friday. McGreevy against Davenport. Couches in the Rainbow Warriors. So please... Have a great rest of your week, and we will talk to you on Friday from Hawaii. Aloha. Mahalo, Kev.